Hi everyone, yeah, it's so nice to be here again with a salsa on Hot Talks with a salsa. Hi, welcome to the single conference presented by Hot Talks with a salsa. And today promises to be really, really insightful and interesting. So I hope you learn a whole lot as we have Pedita Chimeche Fulamuyegui talking to us about the father's love and how it affects a romantic relationship and then healing the relationship wounds after you break up so it's really really nice having you here and we're going to start now so um hi Pedita please can you tell us more about yourself and then we kick off the show thank you Asosa my name is Pedita Chimechi Flam Oigwe I'm speaking from uh, Lagos, Nigeria. Um, I'm an author, a businesswoman, and um, a speaker. So that's just about it for now. Okay, okay. So um, today we're talking about what is a father's love and how does it affect your romantic relationship. Okay. How does it affect my romantic relationship? Yes, how does it affect, yes, one's romantic relationship? Like, how does the father's love affect psychologically your relationship with your partner if you're married or you're dating? How does it affect your relationship as a person or as a lady? Because we all know that women are, in a way, inclined to be very close to their fathers. So we want to know what the effect is in one's relationship. Of our own personal experience. No, why not? I was very close to my father. Um, Unfortunately, he's late now. I was very, very close to my father. And then my father had a deep, um, he had a deep relationship with his children. He was one who never joked with his children. Everything about his child, whether the male or the female, it was intense. He was the type of person who cared so much for his children. He was um, he was caring. His love for his children was deep. But I being the first daughter, I think I had a closer relationship with him than another person. Um, because others can do something and not get away with it, but normally I would do it and I would get away with it. So it, it was like um, he, you know, the African superstitious belief thing. He believed I was his mother who reincarnated to be his daughter. <laughs> so Ooh, he, okay. he had a special uh, place. I had a special place in his heart. So it was, it was, it was deep. I could do anything I wanted and I would find a way to get out of it, but others would not. So that was probably one of the privileges I enjoyed as um, the first child and a girl and um, um, uh, how will I put it now? His first child and being a girl, there was a closeness between us. And most times he sorted my advice even before his wife, you know, he was to that extent. 
So at times my mother will say, hey, your father is going to ask you about this. Tell him you want this. You understand? And that's exactly what my father would do. So we had a deep kind of relationship. And then although he was he was a huge man, I heard in his younger days he was a boxer. So he 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 was um, sort of um, very strict. If coming to discipline, he disciplined us a lot. So uh, instances whereby he will be coming back and then we hear him uh, hitting his horns by the gate. Everyone will, you know, adjust immediately. And if things were not in place in the house, he must get things done before he enters the house. So that was a kind of relationship we had. And you should also know that a wonderful father might not necessarily be a wonderful husband. So that's it. There's, 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 um, there's always that. And uh, most times, the female child will always want to um, say, I want to marry somebody like my father. Do you understand? Yeah, very Hello. true. Yes, I can hear you. I said, yes, true. Uh-huh. So, um, he's, um, the relationship we had with our father was intense, was wonderful. But um, if I were to talk about probably marrying somebody like that later in life, I wouldn't want it. He's the best father, no doubt. But he's not necessarily the best husband. Do you understand? Because wow. some of the things I noticed as um, a growing child, and then I noticed with my mother, they were kind of very different things. That I, the things she tolerated so much, I wouldn't have been able to live with those things. So he's my father, he was my father, and uh, I still have that love, deep love for him. But um, coming to the facts, saying, okay, would you like to marry somebody like your father? My answer would be definitely no. <laughs> wow. I, I really appreciate your sincerity and your honesty because some persons will still want to cover up for their dad. So I really appreciate all of this, ma'am. So, um, yes, I also, also like to ask, so do you think um, growing up with your father being the best father but not necessarily the best husband affected your choice in marriage? Yes, definitely. I married somebody directly opposite. My father was the kind of person he was always, you know, my father was the kind of, um, he was always, um, how would I put it? He wanted his things done immediately. Now, now, now. My father liked, um, <laughs> my father was not uh, the sort of person you say was faithful to my mother. You know, even as, as we were growing up, we noticed he had other relationships, which at times affected my mother negatively. So I married somebody directly different. I couldn't have coped with somebody like my father because those periods at times I get so angry and I wonder why my mother would be so cool-headed, you know? She would even say, don't do anything. Don't do this, don't do that. Just put it in prayers. But I didn't have that kind of patience. Do you understand? 
So I think I know I married somebody directly opposite. He is not in any way like my father. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Just, just, just to um, elaborate more on what you said when you made mention of um, um, your dad being unfaithful to your mom. So, because I know. I know uh, I have conversations with my friends and they make this they make this um, statement that um, men are not totally faithful that men have uh, um, polygamous in nature and you get to see that side of them when probably they have the finance that they're looking for or they get and all of that that no man is faithful but then i'm actually very happy you're here saying something totally opposite of that so in your own opinion do you think all men like all men are faithful all men are what i didn't get that faithful faithful in your in your own opinion um it's a personal thing anyway because before i got married to my husband we we had an understanding you know he he was some he had my own line of we i think we thought alike we had the same line of thinking he had experienced a relationship where his um, girls were not faithful and he he was deeply hurt and he wanted a relationship where he could have somebody he could trust, somebody who could be faithful to him. So it was like, um, it was like our thinking aligned with each other. And that was what drew us closer. So we had the same perspective. I think that's even um, strengthened our relationship. So right from day one, we had, we had them, we have mapped out is like having a goal <laughs> for our marriage. We had mapped out the things we liked, the things this party liked, the things this party don't like. And we tried to work it out, saying, okay, this is my understanding of this issue. This is your understanding of, of this issue. Where do we reach an agreement? So ours was something we built over the years because of our past experiences. So this is um, what we want. This is how we want to live. And that was where we took it off from. So I cannot answer for everyone in quotes. I can just answer for what I wanted and, and I went out for it and I got it. Hmm. Okay. Thank you. So when you were talking about um, outlining your core values, your likes and your dislikes, it made me, it remembered some, I remembered something. So I remember back then, I used to be in um, a relationship with this particular guy and we did all of that. So he actually, on back then, I thought he understood my kind of person because I am actually... I have zero tolerance for people who cheat and I made that very clear to him and all of that and he also made me feel like oh yes he also has zero tolerance for people who cheat but guess what <laughs> he cheated <laughs> so I I personally feel like you're actually very lucky to have found yourself the kind of man you found yourself so back to 
being um, what being um, back to the definition of what a father's love is, I would like to get from your own perspective what the father's love is exactly and how it affects a lady psychologically when she doesn't get it from the father. Mm. A father's love is deep. A father's love is strong. A father's love is discipline. A father's love is pure love. You know, at times when you have some issues, you come back crying. There's the one that cuddles you and holds you and says, my daughter, it's okay, don't worry. You know, he tells you, do it this way, do it that way, probably out of experience, and he's right. A father's love, a father's love encompasses a lot. It's um, is an emotion that no one else can feel. It's not, it's not your mother's love, it's not your brother's love, it's not your sister's love, it's not even your husband's love. It's a father's love. It's pure, it's un, uh, un, undiluted, it's deep. You know, at times when you find yourself in danger, your father runs to cover you up so that that danger falls upon him instead of you. Is a, a father's love is undivided. It cannot, it's, it's pure love for my daughter. The, the, only, the only explanation or something that I can, okay, the only description I can give for a father's love is the description, the love God has for his children is unconditional. His love is unconditional. Yeah. Whether you are, whether you're beautiful or you're just attractive, whether you're dark or whether you're light, it doesn't matter. This is my child and he loves you the way you are. So is the father's love can only be compared with the kind of love God has for his children. And that is why he's told us his love for us is unconditional. So, and a father's love will always mold your character later in life. And it will either positively or negatively affect your later relationship when you get married. Because all your mind will be, um, especially if, if, if his character uh, towards that uh, marital area is not that um, uh, good, let me put that one that way, if he's not all that uh, good, you know, you always want to say, I don't want to go through this. I don't want to go through that. You know, that was what I told my partner initially. I said, the pain, you know, I felt my mother's pain. When she'll call and she knows that he's with another woman, it's painful. And you know, in the African setting, those days, it's difficult for a woman to leave the husband's house because of ad uh, adultery. Because she will end up saying, my daughter's too, might not be able to endure. So whatever she sees, she sits back and she faces it. Unlike these days, when uh, people don't uh, tolerate uh, any kind of abuse, be it domestic abuse, emotional abuse or mental abuse. Because I feel that when a man, if you claim to love a woman, 
and you love her deeply, what else will you see in another woman? If she doesn't give you, is it if she doesn't give you that love at home, is it outside you will find the love? Some will tell you it's just a fling. Some will tell you it's just um, a passing phase. Some will, you know, they kind of put in a lot of um, 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 excuses. But deep in your heart, you know that you are hurting. And you could see it in her eyes most times. So I promised myself I wasn't going to go through that situation. And thank God, I got a better deal. So a father's love is, um, is very deep because the child, it molds the child into what he or she will later be in life. If he's, uh, if he's abusive, psychologically, those children grow up to be abusive adults. If he's violent, those children grow up to be violent people. So a father's love is very deep. And um, if you say, okay, I don't want to marry, but I just have to have children, the, you still have the gap. That, that gap will still be there because most times, children from single parents, they are, there's always this kind of inferiority complex as if they are not complete. So also, if you have to go through any kind of abuse, you always feel that that sense that things are not right. It should have been this way. It should have been that way. A father, most times, are there to not only provide, protect the children. As a growing child, you always need assurance that you are good, you are able, that nothing can stand in your way if you believe that you can succeed in any particular area. So, it's, um, it's not something that uh, one should toy with. It's not something one should joke with. It's not something that you say, okay, um, probably the children don't understand. That is a lie. A child of two years, you will be surprised that he or she picks one or two things you do. And probably later, in their, uh, when they are playing, you see them playing parts. So a father's love is um, is a deep kind of love. So fathers should try as much as possible to pay attention. You know, most men don't pay attention. They believe that the women are there because when the mother is there, the mother is supposed to take care of uh, the child's uh, uh, well-being, uh, teaches the child, uh, conducts uh, uh, homework, uh, uh, be there for the child always. That is wrong. A father, should, the child should be able to feel the father's presence because each time the child feels reassured, feels protected, feels love. So both parents are there to show good examples. Thank you very much, Fadita. So uh, I would like to make a few um, contributions to all you have said concerning a father's love. So um, I remember vividly growing up, my dad, I, I keep I keep saying this, that the reason why I turned out 
to what I turned out today is majorly because of the way my dad taught me and all of that. I'm not saying my mom did not do a good job. My mom did a wonderful job. But then my dad always had a way of reading. Like he noticed, he noticed the fact that the king would not do it alone. So early in my teenage um, age, my teenage um, life age and all of that, my dad would always use um, the Bible to correct us. To read out um, Sam, read out Proverbs, so that we can hear. And you do something wrong, he reads, he he reads out um, Proverbs to tell you. Now there's this one he was always saying: a a foolish son brings shame and reproach to the mother. <laughs> so whenever he he reads that chapter out, it has a way of capturing my heart, like it captured my attention. And I'll secretly pray to God that I do not want to be a foolish child. I do not want to be a foolish child. I don't want to bring shame to my parents. I want to be the best that I can be and all of that. And my dad also had a way of also, even though back then I remember um, going to school, I wasn't really a fan of going to school because of the classmates and the teachers I had. They were not so nice to me. So it in a way scared me away from school. But then he would always um, make you realize that you need to go to school so you can be useful in life. Do you get? So my dad was always fair, and the major thing I know that yet he did was to have taught us in the way of the Lord. Most what actually shaped my character, molded my character was he was the one who did that. The Bible preaching, the prayers at night, and all of that. So. I personally believe that the moment men begin to understand that um, the moment men begin to understand that they play a major role in the lives of their children, the world will be a better place. So you do not just think, oh, the bringing up of a child or the training of a child depends solely on the women. It does not. It's a teamwork. It depends majorly on the youth father and the mother it's a teamwork that's why both of you got married to have children you do your own part the mother does her own part and then you see your children they come up um really nice in the society and all of that i am not necessarily saying that people who are trained or brought up by single parents do not turn out nice but that gap is always there so somebody made a point that ladies who are brought up by women alone tend not to have respect for men and i made the person see it in two ways if this woman was married and the husband died i do not think the children wouldn't have respect for men but if this woman actually left her home on the basis that the man wasn't man enough or the man was doing some nasty things definitely it's going to rub off on the girls and the girls are in a way going to in a way going to um, see men as trash and talk down on them it would take just the grace of god or it's going to take extra effort on a man's side to be able to tolerate things toxic traits of um, the ladies in particular but then you wouldn't blame the mother because she was all alone raising those children or raising the two girls or raising the child up and the man probably did some nasty things to her that scarred her and she wasn't healed and she's pouring her baggages 
into her children or her female children so that way you have toxic feminist society thinking all men are the same and all of that in a way it also has a way of affecting a child's um, romantic relationship with guys so you see ladies who have um um who probably were um children to a woman whose husband was a woman beta and most of them don't say anything wrong in it and they tell you that you know what if my boyfriend doesn't beat me then he doesn't love me which i find really realistic and i think such people actually need help you can't help somebody if they don't want to be helped but then the moment they discover that they need help and they need to be helped then they go for help so in in all of this um what am i trying to say i'm all, all i'm trying to say is men need to do better women need to do better you cannot take the space of a man's life in your children as a single mother if you're a single mother and the father of your child is still alive please give the father of your child space time to be with his children they need the father figure in their life it balances it up the child has the especially for the male children they have that father figure in their life they have the mother figure in their life everything is balanced they are balanced they are not just being excessively emotionally um trained and all of that but then they also have that um um um, um lifestyle that you know what i don't always get in my way i need to be strong out there i need to learn how to fight for myself defend myself and all of that the father also helps them mirror all of that into their lives so we need to do better we need to give um allow the father to the father um figure thing or play the father figure role in the life of his children women should also play the motherly role in the lives of her children so that's all i have to say so um, i don't know if um um Shoma would like to say something would, would you like to give your own contribution Shoma? um can you hear me yes i can hear you okay um i think i mean what the speaker has said is um i think there's there's two sides to it where i mean i i do not understand i really do not understand how a man can be a good i mean i don't hmm. Um, I've found that in Nigeria, or not just in Nigeria, just a lot of black women, African women, think that a man is a good man, whether he's a good husband, a good father, a good baby daddy, because he makes a financial contribution, or sometimes he he has you know he's, he's got the bulk of the finance and i that just confuses me it absolutely confuses me because i'm like it, someone can be so let me give an example right someone a man can be an amdroba or a 419er and still pay his child school fees or buy his wife a car or whatever you know from the proceeds of crime and hurting other people and when he's caught people are going to be like oh but he's such a good father he's not 
he's doing horrible things. Yes, he's bringing that money, but he's doing very horrible things that will put his his children or his wife in danger and at the risk of a lot of shame. Because I I don't know if um, you've seen the news recently, but um, four years ago there was this. Uh, was it four or five years ago? There was this um, guy called Evans. He was a kidnapper, or well, he was arrested for kidnapping and all that. And I don't. He, he was just I think two days ago he was finally found guilty of kidnap. And I think in Nigeria, I'm not sure if all over Nigeria or oh, it's just in some states, kidnapping actually carries the death penalty, right? Um, but in the mean, before he was caught, before he was uh, he was arrested, I think he was living in Ghana, and he had like, he he had a wife and children, and his wife was like, oh, I didn't know. I was like, please lock up to stop this nonsense. What do you mean you didn't know? You know, and uh, and certain things I I don't understand. I just I just don't get it. A person is. Um, while it is true that a person is usually made up of many parts, that narrative of, oh, he was present, oh, he gave money, that automatically makes him a good dad or a good husband. As far as I'm concerned, that's just crap. Because to me, a good father is somebody who would want, who I I would not be worried if my child, obviously when she's old enough, brought home that kind of guy and says, this is the kind of person that I will want to father my children. I don't know if I'm making sense. Do you get? Um, I, I, this is many, very many years ago. I remember I still remember where I was and I remember who I was with. Um, I was with a friend. I wasn't dating him or anything like that. But I was actually in London. I had I'd finished school and he was talking to me about um, the guy, my other half. At the time, we, we weren't um, married yet. And um, I don't know how the conversation turned to me marrying someone like my father. And I told my friend right there, if that, can you hear me? Sure, I can hear you. Okay. And I told my friend right there that it doesn't matter what I achieve in life. If I marry somebody like my father, I will consider that I have failed in life. And I told him, I cannot, I told him I'll kill myself. It's that serious. And when those words left my mouth, I was like, whoa, <laughs> chick, you've got issues. Like, this is this is worse than I thought, you know? And because he, he was not a good man, he wasn't a father. So I don't understand, you know? And so for me to translate that to, if, if I had to do that to myself and to my child, that in my mind, I, I'm like, look, I could win all the awards on the planet. I could make all the money in the world. If this one happens, 
that means everything else that I have done, it doesn't, it means nothing to me. That means, and I'm saying it now, that I'm fortunate in that <laughs> that did not happen to me. You know, um, contrary to what the first speaker said, not every girl goes up and wants to marry someone like about that. Some do, some want the very opposite and do everything possible to avoid like mine was so bad that if I noticed any similarity, any similarity between a guy and my father, I'm dumping that guy straight. Wow. Like if you can be an you can be an angel with wings. In fact, <laughs> I can be seeing your wings. Do you understand? One similarity, and I'm dumping you. Because I'm like, I'm not doing this to myself or to my child. I don't want my child now. Like there are certain things that happen and you look and you say, this shit stops with me. Like I'm able, which is, may this never happen again. There are certain things that you see and you are like, I, I I am the breaker. After me, this thing will not happen again, ever. And so that's one of the things that I was like, no, never. We will, we will sort this one out or we'll sort it out one way or the other. I, I got to a point where I was like, <laughs> instead of this happening, I will cook on no marry or I'll marry a white guy. Do you get? Like that was my whole, my mindset. If not, that I'm stunned that I didn't marry a white guy. I mean, I knew at some point before I left for the UK, um, and <laughs> this is going to be really funny, but I didn't find it funny at the time. Before I left for the UK, I had already, you know how when you make your own plans, I'd already told myself first, I was like, I'm not going back to Nigeria. Um, and I said, I was going to, I told myself I was going to marry a white guy. And as I said it in my mind, I heard the spirit of God tell me, your husband is a Nigerian. <laughs> I was like, you're not serious. That's the devil. And I heard it twice and I, I didn't say anything. And I think it was a couple of days before I traveled to the UK. Um, the church that I was going to at the time, I had I had gone to tell the pastor that, you know, everything was fine. My visa had come out, flight ticket had been bought. So he was praying for me. And he suddenly stopped and looked at me. And he said, um, God said I should tell you that that thing in your mind that you have planned to do, you should not do it. Of course, it can be referring to anything. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. He looked at me and he said, God said that you have decided that when you travel abroad, that you will marry a white man. And God said, I should tell you that you should not do it because your husband, the one he chose for you, is not a white man. He's a Nigerian. And when the time is right, he will he will show you who that Nigerian guy is. I was heartbroken. Ah, this man could have called me. He could have called me a witch or something else, and I would not have been that hurt. I was so I was so upset. Wow. But this is the thing. Like he wasn't telling me like, oh, you know, this was something that I had heard it before on my own. I just did as if I didn't hear. That pushed. God to tell somebody to tell me. Even the guy, he looks like, okay, that's a weird, like you can tell, you could tell that 
he was like okay this is a very weird thing for me to be telling somebody but you know he just said that and 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 truly when the time was right i my path and my husband's path crossed again because we had a path that crossed before but obviously i didn't know at the time that he was the right one so yeah wow Well, thank you. Thank you very much for sharing, Choma. So, um, we'll be going back to Pedita and we'll just allow um, Pedita to um, give us a summary about the father's love and how it affects um, a, the relationship of the daughter. Hi, Pedita. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. Hello. Hear, I can hear you. We can all hear you. Okay. Um, Choma, <laughs> I'm pleased to meet you. <laughs> I'm really, um, some of the things you were saying were as if, um, <laughs> you were just, um, um, mentioning some of my own experiences and the things, um, I, I did about the part you said about if I, if you noticed anything similar to your father, you dropped the guy. That was just it. And then, you know, there were some relationships I had, you know, I was trying to be careful. They probably at times they think they have gotten my mind or they've gotten my heart. And then all of a sudden, I tell you it's over. And you say, well, what did I do? I said, nothing. It's just an observation I made, just like what you said now. I'll tell you nothing. Some will cry. I say, you know, I found, I don't know, it's not what I wanted to do, but deep in my heart, I wanted to put some of them, you know, wanted to make them go through pain. So it was, my husband, when we got married, and, you know, at times, I'll just, you know, I think I'll be drawn back, not because of anything he did, but... He was the process, he was, he, he was the only one who knew I needed to heal. Because he said, I'm too young to have gone through relationships, to have hurt me. What really is the problem? So, but it took a while, it took years for me to open up to him and tell him, this is what I experienced between my parents. So, at times it would just come up in a relationship. He was very patient with me. He knew he was actually my counselor who knew I needed to heal. So he will counsel me, he will pray with me. You know, I was barely 24 when I got married. So he was always wondering, no, I don't think you would have gone through any relationship that would have given you this much pain, but your pain is deep. So what is it? It's more, it must be something you experienced over the years. But it was actually what I saw my mom go through and I vowed never to go through it. I decided early in life to be self-sufficient, to be independent financially. One, because that one will cut out any kind of um, bondage. I didn't want to marry somebody who would tie me down because of his money. I wanted my own money. So I started early. So it's, um, it's, um, it took me a lot of time to heal because, um, you know, at times when I remember, I see, you know, it's like vividly, I see my mom crying, you know? 
although she goes somewhere, but you know, I stumbled into her crying and the pain. And then when she talks, the pain was is something I don't think I will ever forget. So it's um it's something we all have to be careful of. Both men, both women. You you should understand that if you want to marry, it takes commitment not only to your wife but to your children your children too to their own children so it's 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 something like a circle so if it's not broken at a time and taken care of that wound will never heal so we should realize that the children they see what we do most times when people blame um uh, you catch them committing adultery they say it's the devil the devil has nothing to do, the, the, the devil has nothing to do with it it's you would have thought about it it's something intentional even if you didn't do it at the time you thought it you thought about it rather it's something you have thought of it's something that had um, you had uh, processed in your mind and when the opportunity came you took the chance that's just it so we must be careful as a father i'm not saying it's only men who commit adultery i'm not saying it's only men who are unfaithful both men and women do the same thing but you must be careful especially if you're married and you have children when you do this thing it's more or less like a cycle of life it keeps it keeps going on and on even if the children are not unfaithful to their partners they will be abusive in one way or the other because it's a psychological uh, um, um, thing it comes out in in so many ways resentments anger i knew had i had an issue with anger you know i just trip off so if i had not gone through the process of healing things that would not make other people angry upsets me things that should not even count makes me go mad. So there are so many things to this. It's just not about you are the men will tell you they are enjoying themselves or the women will say ah I can't kill myself. <laughs> you are not only killing yourself, you are killing their, your children, you are killing their generation because it's on and on and on. So my advice is for partners if you when you marry live up to your own commitments this is what we want in this relationship this is how we want to grow our family it's something is a goal that you have set even in business you set goals in life as a, as a student you set you set goals your goals as a student is to read pass your exam come come out with flying colors and then decide whether to work or to become self uh, uh, self dependent So even in marriage most people rush into marriage because they don't even have any set goals most of them maybe going to marry because they want somebody to take care of them and when that is not more possible it becomes a problem either the woman jumps from man to man or the man he has made so much money now he goes from one lady to the other so destroying that family because the children takes it off and the vice is like a 
uh, a rolling ball keeps on going, 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 going. So we must decide if we have a relationship, be committed to that relationship, know what we want in each and every relationship that we have committed ourselves to be in. Thank you, Esosa. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much, Felita. So we're going to be rounding up. Um, the next speaker will be coming in by six o'clock. So we're going to be rounding up with this um, last um, um, question, which is um, healing relationship wounds. So how do we heal relationship wounds? So we'll be rounding up with this question. How do we heal relationship wounds? Thank you. Healing relationship. Well, um, even nations, they have uh, problems. They have, they go through war. After that war, everybody comes. Probably, uh, you say, nobody, nobody won, no. uh, or you say, how do we, if, if you have a situation where uh, probably uh, nations are at war with each other because of one thing or the other, there has to be a kind of, um, um, what would I say now? There has to be a kind of um, consensus between them to move ahead. And for you to move ahead, you must heal. So there has been, um, if there has been a great deal of anger and bitterness, one, one has to um, remove the anger in the heart first. Because in, in every wound, even when it heals, there's still a scar. The scar can heal physically, but what of the bitterness in the heart? So that first we should take care of. And then this uh, healing relationships come uh, most frequently between a, uh, a male and a female. Maybe you had a relationship and then it did not work out. Um, each party would have been hurt in one way or the other. Hello? Hear you. We can all hear okay. you. Okay, each party would have been hurt one way or the other. So the question is, how do we heal our relationship? And this has to do whether you guys want to continue a relationship or you want to pass. So even if you're not going to be together anymore, there has to be that um, clear conscience. You have to remove any kind of hurt, anger, or pain or even bitterness, so that you can move ahead with the next relationship. So it's um, like uh, some people will say, they will tell you that uh, you should put on your oxygen mask first, you know? Get yourself, comport yourself first. Know what you're dealing with. So you can't really say, because most times, even when we're in pain, when we're hot, when people ask us, you say, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. There's no problem. I'm not upset. I'm not hot. I'm not angry. I'm not angry. Everything is okay. You find out that this relationship, as you deny the pain, and you, you, you especially if you are the kind of um, um, sunny side of a person, sunny kind of person, you're always uh, enthusiastic, uh, uh, optimistic, and uh, you don't want to ever see anybody. You don't want anybody to ever see you sad. You keep saying, it's okay, it's okay. But uh, we must not forget that this kind of um, um, hurt, bitterness, shows up in another form if it's not properly taken care of. One, by going for counseling. 
talking it over with friends. If you have close friends, you can uh, rely on, or you can even go to your pastor and talk. But if you keep it burning inside of you, later it comes out as fear. You know, you're always fearful. I don't want to enter into another relationship because it might turn out to be like the last one. Or it can become so, uh, it can come up like sarcasm. Anything, you know, everything any, every, every, everybody says becomes like uh, unimportant to you. And then it could even express itself in form of illness. At times, a person becomes emotionally tired, physically too tired. And at times, you keep complaining of headaches, you know? There are so many kinds of things that result because of um, emotional stress, anger, unresolved issue. Because it keeps playing in your brain. Even when you're unconscious, that is when you're sleeping. Most times in the morning, you wake up tired, exhausted, and you will say, ah, but I slept now. I slept well. What happened? So these are unresolved emotional worst part because definitely when you're bitter, there's no way you would have them forgiven the other person. There's no way. There, there has to be, you have to recognize the wound that has been, um, uh, that, that you feel. You must recognize it, accept it, that yes, I'm feeling this way. Then the next thing for you to do is accept those feelings. Don't let them be trapped in you. Don't let those feelings be trapped in you. Try as much as possible to think of a solution to heal yourself. Because if you do not take care of yourself, no one else will. Because no one knows exactly what is going on in you, in your heart, in your mind. You alone know. So either you talk to a, a, a close person or you go for counseling or you go to the church if you have a pastor to speak to your pastor. And most times we blame ourselves. Stop blaming yourself. Be kind to yourself. Put things in place to ease your suffering. You know, at times, uh, I remember when I was pregnant with one of my children, when I'm angry, when I'm really, really angry and upset, I start roaring like a lion. <laughs> <laughs> I roar like a lion because uh, I feel, you know, and when I finish that, I I kind of get this, um, uh, I, I kind of become uh, free as, I, as if I've emptied some things. And I see some people at times when they are angry, they take up a pillow and just scream into the pillow. So find a way to express yourself so that you don't... Um, uh, build up these things in your in your in your body. You can also take a walk or run. You know, try to do some exercise. So whatever works for you, you do to feel calmer and less in pain. Because when you do these things, you are you are. <laughs> I'm really getting a comment here. Say, running like a lion. Yes. It's, it's amazing. 
<laughs> and I'm sure if you're if you're if the person that upsets you is around, the person will take off and run so that <laughs> <laughs> so it's 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 just find something that works for you. Either you you run or you scream into a pillowcase or just do whatever works for you. And when you feel the pain is off you, you're able to think more clearly. Then think about what is good and helpful and positive. Because even no matter how bad that relationship was, at least there's something or there are things that you enjoyed when the relationship was good. So think more of those things and um, put the bad ones aside. Then choose what you want to do about the relationship. I said that earlier. Do you want to continue with the relationship or you want to break off completely? The choice is yours. Okay, thank you very much, Fedita. Thank you very much. This was quite insightful, and I really appreciate all of this. But then you you really just shout like a lion, right? Yeah, <laughs> oh, you oh you you roar like a lion. Okay, I roar like a lion. Yes. Okay, all right. Since we are all children of the Lion of Judah, there's no problem then. <laughs> okay, okay, so okay. um. <laughs> So we've come to the end of your section and it was really nice having you here talk to us and all of that. We really appreciate your time, ma'am. So um, it's time for Adenike, but Adenike is currently not here. So I think we'll just go with Choma first. So um, hello guys. So we have Choma Nani here. Choma Nani is the CEO of fearlessstoryteller.com. So um, Choma, please tell us more about yourself before we proceed okay. okay so um my name is Nani. um when i or rather sorry sorry um i write multicultural fiction for women who are aged 18 and above who want to be independent fulfilled and strong and um when i'm writing that multicultural fiction i write as chairman nanny um i'm also the ceo of the fearless storyteller house and program limited uh we're storytelling um and we help serious creatives and legal professionals amplify their voices okay okay so um, today, um, Chama will be talking to us about patterns in relationship and marriage, and she will also be talking to us about is there really the right person? If you have been looking for the right person, Chama is going to share her views on whether we really ought. Sorry, I have to retrace my steps. So if you have been looking for the right person, Chama is here to give her views on if there is actually a right person then she's also going to be talking to us about what to look out for before we get into a relationship or before we get married and she's going to be talking to us about what emotional dating is and setting of boundaries when do they apply in a relationship so first things first um Choma, so talking about um patterns in relationship we'll be focusing oh. on why we date different people with the same patterns 
wives who have to live up to the expectations of having to please everyone in their husband's family and identifying generational patterns. So first thing first, we'll be focusing on why we date different people with the same characters and patterns in a relationship. Okay. Um, I, a long time ago, so this is like more than 10 years ago, I noticed that a friend of mine, um, she complained that she dated one guy and the guy behaved somehow and then she broke up with that one and then she dated another one and the guy and I actually thought she had gone back to the first one and she was like no this is a separate one this happened like four times and I told her the problem is actually you and I said you're a good person I know you however there is something inside of you that is actually drawing these people. Because this is the same, you are dating the same person in different bodies. They always do the exact same thing. And it's it's like, um, I. this is going to sound very horrible, but it's like when somebody is wounded, it, 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 it bears blood, other, um, predators they see that and then they recognize that blood as something they want to to take advantage of and they come for it so do you see what i mean like there's already something in that prey that is telling the predators i'm available come sometimes it can be a mindset sometimes it can actually be a spiritual stronghold because sometimes um, you find that even you can go into a church and something will happen to you there. You leave that church and you go somewhere else and the exact same thing will happen again. And you'll be like, ah, why does this? You know, sometimes people might say, oh, it's your behavior. It's not always your behavior. There's, all, there's something inside you that was probably planted in the first place. So in the first, maybe the first church or the first whatever. That's why sometimes you can find that somebody who was raped when they were a child, somehow it's almost like they keep attracting rapists. Well, move on. That take um, advantage of them sexually. It's not their fault. It's just that the first person planted something that other predators recognize and come for. So yeah, that's pretty much that that's why people end up dating the same human being in different bodies. Because there's actually something in you that is actually calling them, that's putting out signals that hey oh, I'm available to come. Hmm. Okay. Okay, so um, how 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 do you, or in your own opinion, how do you think the predictors put out for these victims? Like, how do you think they identify their victims, and and then how do you, or what do you also think about um, you as an individual taking your time to observe all of these patterns while you keep getting attracted to the same kind and type of person 
I think that. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. So could you repeat the question? Because I think there was uh, two questions. Okay. So I said the first question is the predictors right now. Like, why do you think you said there's always something in their praise that keep calling out to them and they want to go there? So now, would you also like to elaborate on it on how they identify it and how it calls out to them and all of that so that we can get uh, a holistic view of this and now the second question now is as a person when you when do you um begin to realize and what do you do when you begin to realize that you keep finding yourself with the same type of persons with the same um, um characters or set of persons over and over again like what steps do you take to stop that and how do you identify patterns in your relationship so now let me give an example um now you discover that you you keep getting or you keep being in the same relationship where you always have issues of trust have issues of communication have issues of um uh, infidelity the person is always cheating like and you ask yourself why am i always attracted or why do i always enter into a relationship with set of people like this Okay, I think, um, and this is something that would have saved me a lot of tears and just a lot of drama. And it, it's something I tell people now, which is learn how to recognize people, things and situations for what they actually are, not what your ego or emotion would like them to be. And then when you recognize them for what they actually are, treat them accordingly. If you have a snake, well, or you see a snake, it is a snake. You wanting that snake to be a, I don't know, a piece of rope or treating it like that is not going to change the fact that it's a snake. I will not change what that snake will do to you because that is what snakes do. It doesn't matter if you feed it, you try and pamper it, you, it, it will turn on you when it is ready. But if your emotion, your ego is in the way, oh, but um, I, I pampered it. And, and that's actually why sometimes, that's actually why betrayal hurts because you're thinking, oh, I, I, this person and I was so and they did me like this. No, you are not seeing clearly. You somehow think that that person is your friend, your BFF, your bestie, your whatever. That is what your emotion is telling you. That is not the reality of the situation. Um, and so obviously the first thing to do would be to be honest with yourself about I mean if something keeps happening to you it's not it's not necessarily that you've done something it might be that you you're just something you're just a horrible person but it might not be that it might be that like I said there is a wound somewhere that is bleeding and so you're drawing predators who recognize that 
um predators always they always even animals they always recognize the, the scent of blood and it's not i mean everybody has blood in them but when it's dripping it's different and so even when nobody else can see they can sense it and so in order because you can't, you can't stop it from bleeding except you actually heal and in trying to heal just be brutally honest with yourself so you don't get into a replica of the situation that you're actually trying to avoid the one that wounded you in the first place because you find that you know when a lot of the time when people get hurt by okay so by one friend oh you 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 cannot go and buy another best friend in the market like it's not that simple you don't just dump this one and then just move on with the next one because you're going to carry carry whatever unresolved issues that caused the first one to end you're going to carry it into the second one and then you just skip and before you know you just find out okay maybe you've gone through this 10 times and it, it's, it's the wear and tear on your body and on your heart and on your soul will literally destroy you and so i'm coming back to recognize people for what they actually are whether good or bad and not what your ego or your emotion wants them to be and then accept them like that because when you know this person is a bad person no matter even if they are your twin you will know how to deal with them do you get you know how to relate with them in a way that you keep yourself safe because it's when people complain about betrayal most of the time they have left themselves open to someone or something that they honestly they really had no business opening themselves up to and if they had seen that thing or that person or they had agreed that this person or this thing is what they are certain situations will not happen but some of us sometimes it, I mean, seeing is one thing and knowing is, you know, is one thing and then accepting them for what they are. Like, you're not Jesus Christ. But even Jesus, somebody is still a human being that betrayed him. So I don't know what you're trying to prove. Like some people go, oh, you know, forgive and forget. It's not in any Bible. But I told someone, I'm like, if I know that somebody is a pedophile, so they sexually molest children, no, I'm not allowing you near my child to babysit my child to prove that. Please go and settle your. I don't. That's not my. That's not my concern. Don't come and use me or my child or my situation to work out. I mean, we are all a work in progress here, but please walk that thing away from me. In the same way, I've also asked if um, you have um, like small cash in the office, so petty cash somebody stole petty cash from your office and then they got into trouble obviously they got got into trouble and they were <clears throat> sorry they were sacked or whatever you don't call them back and then promote them to chief financial officer of the entire organization to prove that you are a good person that knows how to forgive because what's going to happen is you know they're not they're not going to change because you've proven you're such a that's just crazy 
they're not going to change they're going to do what they have always done which is what they know how to do and next thing that's going to happen is they're probably going to embezzle money forge your signature and you will end up in jail for something that you do not know about because you didn't take the right and unnecessary steps to you refuse to see them and accept them for who and what they are um i say this and this is going to sound very harsh i find it very very difficult it, to believe that people change you grow into a a more solid version of yourself people don't people don't actually change a selfish person is a selfish person it's like I don't know. It's like um, a woman, for instance, a, a woman who is in the prime of her life. She has periods, menstrual periods. She might not want to have those periods because they are very inconveniencing, but she has those periods because she's a woman. She cannot help it. <laughs> If you like put pad, you will bleed and nobody will tell you to go and put that pad. You get, you, there, there's nothing, there are certain things that you just accept those situations and those people will just for who they are and then if you need to protect yourself or those that you love then you do the need for so that's it hmm. okay <laughs> okay so um the next question i would like to ask you is um talking about married women right now wives who have to leave um, who have to live up to the expectations of having to please everyone in their husband's family how what's what's your view concerning this so i'm going to give a story i was um, i watched the nollywood movie even though i have a problem with some nollywood movies <laughs> i watched the nollywood movie where um this lady was supposed to get married into a wealthy home and apparently the mother doesn't like her because she feels she's a daughter of a nobody and she comes into the daughter's workplace and okay the daughter works in a hotel was supervisor of the hotel and she came there i was um shouting at the attendant who was showing her rooms because she needed about 22 rooms and at just 20 rooms were available and she wanted them to chase the guests away so they can give her the remaining two rooms and have her 22 rooms but then they said no because they are guests in it so she fled up and said some few things and the daughter was like no she can't come into this office space and make noise and try to talk down on her staff and all of that and the woman stormed out so now the son calls the girlfriend oh my mom wants to see you and then she comes over the mom sees and the mom is like oh you are rude there's no way you're getting married to my son Long story short, the mother is very sick and she needs she, she was having um she was sick had um a chronic kidney failure and she needs a new kidney. And the son is not a match. Apparently, the girl because girl she decides that you know what why not why? Why don't you just try me out like test my blood let's see if my kidney is a match with my husband's mother's kidney. And voila. Her boyfriend's mother's kidney I need to say and voila. The kidney is in match and she gave the woman her kidney and guess what they got married but i have a problem with that because they make it look very easy that oh because you've given her the kidney now oh she's going to be extremely nice to you and all of that um some of, 
a lot of Nollywood movies are written by chauvinist pigs who want to demean women and keep them in a state of complete subservience because some of the storylines are completely stupid and ridiculous. Um, first of all, like my other half is, is a radiologist um, or he's got radiology clinic, whatever. Um, going under the knife is not as it's not a decision you make lightly i remember that very many years ago when i was still in the uk um i had made up my mind to have cosmetic surgery but i i wanted to wait until i was married and had children and just you know just in case because i thought i actually thought something was wrong with my body and so i wanted to fix it and I spoke to my other half at the time and I said, um, listen, um, what would you say if, and I just said, what would you say if uh, I said I wanted to have surgery? He told me, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with your body. Like, I, he, he established it was cosmetic. It wasn't like, you know, medical. Thing. And he said, there's nothing wrong with your body. And I was like, you've not seen my body. How do you know what, <laughs> whether or not it's wrong with you? And he said, listen to me because surgery is not this thing that people think you see on tv it's not that easy the human body was not actually made for going like under the knife it's like the trauma and he told me certain things that he was like listen if you i think that was the point that we can start taking seriously because he was like i i know you you are actually quite stubborn so if you decide to do something, I know you will do it. If you tell me this, call me and you're like, listen, I want to do this thing. I will sit you down and tell you the pros and the cons and tell you to go and think about it. If you decide you still want to do this, I will make, I will look for the best surgeon in the world. I will make the appointment, I will pay and I will follow you there because it's like, because sometimes you just behave as if there's a knot that you're supposed to be in your brain that is not there. And even if I don't like it, it's better for me to know where you are and what you're doing than for you to go behind my back. Because if you go behind my back, you will fall into the hands of a quack. And I don't want trouble. I don't want to hear a story. So when you now tell me, oh, um, because one woman that is very, uncultured like how you know some of these things that people do because you're wealthy you treat people anyhow that's just ras behavior i don't care how much money you have you are uncool and you, you you're trash and for me to now say oh i'm not gonna put myself under stress because i want one uncool woman to like me that cannot happen why and again kidneys are <laughs> this thing is not if they're not fingernails so they don't grow back this is very serious do you get um now having said that the reality and this is going to probably be uncomfortable for some people to hear i'm a christian and i fully believe that when God said in the book of Genesis that a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, I fully believe that he was not joking. I believe it is not a figure of speech. I believe he means it. So 
when you now tell me your family i don't that that's just that's so what am i do you get and this is going both ways for the wife or the woman as well talking about her family so what is the man they don't so husband and wife they don't count as family now for some people some people will be like that is why we have mountain of fire so this go and pray for one parent to die uh, but then um people need to like i said recognize what somebody is there are a lot of people who you know because a you don't want you don't want it to seem like you are the problem and b sometimes there's already a wound in you maybe you didn't have a good relationship with your mother or your mother died and you're hoping desperately that this person this uh, mother of the person that you are about to marry will be like a mother figure to you and you know there's that wound there so you're now going there thinking oh you're, you're going to be one big happy family and then you now put yourself at a risk of abuse because this this is my my stand is don't go in being horrible to people do you get like just for, but you need to recognize that whatever was going on before you arrived is who this person is so now giving an example if for me if my husband tells me this person in my family like the family I came out of I don't talk to them I will not go and put my mouth in my head in your mouth to come and like try and um, um bring reconciliation am I Jesus I'm not Jesus and I am not married to a madman he has known that person for more than 25 years you that came 2 minutes ago please you cannot do you are not god recognize people situations and things for what they actually are and treat them accordingly if and and this is again this is going to sound very uncomfortable for some people but imagine that you know say you are in your 20s maybe mid to late 20s and you marry a guy who is married whose um siblings are much older so maybe they are, they are married people in their 40s or whatever what kind of relationship do you think you, you cannot be friends with them do you understand you can be cordial or warm but you cannot be friends because this is you know and again in africa 20 something year old is not normally friends with it that is something year old or 40 something year old it's just not possible because somebody is going to take advantage and another person is going to feel insulted so if i would not normally be friends with you so if the only um relationship the only link we have is that we are married to people who bear the same surname and so because of that we bear the same surname then no we are not friends if i would not normally be friends with you outside of that we're not we're not automatically enemies but that does not mean we are friends again there's this i i think this is uh i don't know i i keep hearing this thing on she understood the assignment understand your assignment marriage is not uh, oh i love you yes i love you but uh-huh. so are you you're not the first person that i have loved or that he has loved so what i'm trying to say is love itself is not 
it's not the reason for a marriage and it's not the it's definitely not the only reason you should marry anybody so understand exactly what your assignment is in that person's life when before i got married there were certain things that my husband did not tell me and because he didn't tell me those things i got confused because i looked at him as somebody who was already made and i got confused and i was like so god what is my purpose in this man's life because if he already has all these things um then why am i here what am i doing what what is the thing that i'm supposed to be helping him with is when i entered that i saw <laughs> i was like okay <laughs> let's be taking this thing one day at a time but you need to recognize people for what they are now again this is going to sound horrible but what if you marry a man whose mother is a witch and this is not you this is not you being funny or you know just don't agree with the person so you're saying the person is a witch no i mean like she's a real a real 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 witch do you know that the only way you can actually be friends with that person is if your head is down so they either they they initiate you or they destroy you how are you going to how what is the point of that friendship do you get so if you're actually in that person's life and again this goes both ways whether it's the man or the if you are in that person's life because god has chosen that marriage to be the breaker and what i mean by the breaker is you know when there's there's a lot of things sometimes for generations they're just families that are like that you just just wickedness or, or crazy things happening these ones they, they don't live to the men don't live up to a certain age these ones the 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 men they all go to jail before a certain age and sometimes they die in jail these ones maybe the women they they get pregnant out of wedlock and it always starts at a certain age and somehow somebody in that family in a, in one of those lineages says god have mercy on me i don't want this to be my story and god says okay this is the breaker for this family brings you in because some things two heads are just better than one i'll just tell you well two good heads are better than one and brings you in your assignment is not to come and be making friends with things that situations that you are supposed to be destroying what kind of crazy behavior is that your assignment is face the person that you are married to and the god that put you together for a reason that because when when i newly got married that was one of my questions i was like god really why because it cannot be because of children no i'm not saying i don't want children it's just that children i mean look i lived in the uk for nearly 10 years i saw 13 year olds 11 year olds getting pregnant because and they were definitely not married so that cannot be the purpose and there are people who are genuinely born again they're good people they did not do anything funny when they were single and they get married they don't have children for a while so i was like you know there has to be a purpose that is more than what people just assume it cannot be money because there are some people that are married and they don't have a lot of money and sometimes it's not really even anything they've done wrong it's just the way you know and there are some people that are single that have a lot of money 
So I'm like, show me exactly what it is I'm supposed to be doing. If you are supposed to do something, please face what you're supposed to do. That's just life. Everywhere, just face your work. Face like I think is that which you face your work. Face your work. Your job is not to come and now be doing paddy paddy with somebody that is that probably hates your husband or hates your wife because these are not you know these are not um, fallacies and it's not a nollywood movie. Before somebody uses your life to act nollywood movie, they they will destroy you and then uh, they will come and cry crocodile tears in the end and then we announce it to God be the glory on the screen. Real life does not work like that. There's really no point. So even sometimes when things happen that you think, ah, because even with me and not just in my marriage, but just throughout my life, there've been things that have happened that I'm like, God, like why, you know? I mean, I, I finished secondary school at the age of 16 and I entered university at 22. <laughs> not because I didn't want to enter university, but because strange things were always happening. And it got to a point where I was like, God, really? like, what, what did I know here? People said, oh, I had committed a sin. I had, God was upset. And the really funny thing is they were telling me to pay bribe to enter university. And I was like, no, I cannot do that. If university is not part of God's plan for me, let it be like that. But I won't do that. How can you be telling me that God helps do, that who helps themselves? And, you know, so, and, and, I'm bringing that up because it's really funny. If I had paid a bribe, I would have ended up at the wrong university. And wrong because when it came to time for me to get married, there were certain things that um, my husband's, um, the elders from his town, he's, he's from a royal family, they were looking for a very specific person. It's so weird. They had my name. So my first name and my middle name. And they told my husband, they were like, our ancestors gave us this name. And they told us, this is the person you are going to marry. And But we need to be sure it is the actual person. And some of the things, the qualities that they were looking for, I would not have had those qualities if I did not go to the university that I went to at the time that I went. Do you get, so when sometimes when people are pushing you and, you're, and they're like, oh, just do this one. Now, all those people who are like, oh, pay bribe, do this, do that. I, I mean, I, I don't want to say that they were trying to um, steer me out of getting married to the right person in the future because they, they would not have known. I mean, I, I, I can't, I just don't see how they would have known. So certain things, I, I, again, I come back to recognize people for people, things and situations for who and what they are and focus on it. Focus, just concentrate on your assignments. Every other thing is white noise, doesn't matter. Even if everybody else is having 200 children, if God says you're only two, just focus. And when those two come, it's not, there's nothing you can do about it. There's really nothing. Like you can try and rig certain things. It, it just will not work unless, I don't know, unless you want to go and find your own. And at the end of the day, you now come back and find out, oh, everything that you've done, there's no point. So yeah, recognize, it doesn't matter with family, recognize 
accept them for who they are. Focus on your assignment. I understood the assignment. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> when you said that assignment, that was a song that I've been ringing or that I've been singing in my head since. <laughs> All right, thank you very much, Yoma, for your view. So the next question I'll be asking you is, um, is there really the right person? Is there a right person for everybody in this world? Is there really a right person? I believe there is. I mean, I, I, okay, it's complicated, but I believe there is purely because if there is, if there's a right job and a right school and a right pair of shoes, a right pair of jeans, then come on now, a whole human being, how can they, how can you just behave anyhow? Um, I, I, I think I've said this somewhere else before. I, if the right partnership is like, this is going to sound horrible, but it's like the right pair of shoes or the right pair of jeans. You know, as a woman, there are some shoes you wear. You can take a photo with them and everyone is like, yes, queen, this is amazing. Meanwhile, you cannot walk up. Your legs you are killing you. Your legs are killing you. <laughs> and in fact, when you remove, the, like, when you remove the shoes, your legs are still paining you. Now, is that a good choice? No matter what everybody else thinks or how you look in those. No. Yeah. The same way, the pair of jeans, um, you can wear, there are some jeans that depending on your size or your height, they will not fit you no matter what you do to them. There are some jeans that when you pull them up, they are stopping at your thighs. Doesn't your hips will not accept them. But that jeans that is not your own, it will be the perfect fit for somebody else. But it's still jeans. Do you get? There are certain things that are non-negotiable for one person and are not really a big deal for somebody else. Everybody, even bad people that you say they are bad, they actually have their perfect match. That's why sometimes you can see, you can date someone for five years, you break up, they'll marry somebody else within three months. And that person that they married, they were not cheating before. There is, there, there is a right person. And just because, and again, sometimes you don't recognize that because of what you think a right person looks like or should be like. So I'll give an example. Many of us, many um, ladies growing up, um, read books and some movies and all that, and that, that somehow planted the idea in our minds that um, the right man is tall, that and handsome. And <laughs> now you now keep looking up for tall, that and handsome. Meanwhile, and you now say, that's my spec. What do you mean by your spec? Who, that spec, who gave it to you? You went and you picked something that really doesn't even matter. That someone is told that hands doesn't mean that the man's head is correct or that he treats you well. And even for guys, that somebody, that a woman has big boobs or big, big bum and all that, it doesn't mean that her head is correct. Sometimes that spec is not even, it's not even you. It's what somebody has told you it should be and you've taken it on and you're now trying to make everything around you fit that and then you're not getting into trouble 
um and even people who say they're christian sometimes they also fall into this um this trap because um again because of what they've been told the right person should look like because sometimes uh people and this is something that uh, even i was concerned about at some point where i was like wait so if i allow god to choose a spouse from what is what if you now choosing an ugly person someone that i don't like like do you get and what i found is um when when the israelites demanded a king from god and um so this is in the in the old testament of the bible in the book of first king uh, no no sorry in the book of first samuel um when the israelites demanded a king Saul was produced and the only reason that Saul was produced if you read the bible and even jewish history was that david was not born david had not been born at the time so obviously he was not there to be anointed and when he came obviously when Saul did what he did to show that this was this is not this is the permissive will when God told Samuel, go to the house of Jesse, go and anoint me. I've chosen one of his sons. God actually, he didn't give a name. He just said, go to the house of Jesse. And of course, when Samuel saw the first son, he just assumed this has to be it. And the only reason he assumed that is because that first son reminded him of Saul. The Bible says that Saul was tall and he was very good looking. And Jesse's first son, was tall and very good looking. And of course, Samuel just assumed, I mean, and Samuel had only anointed only one king before. So in his mind, that was what the king looked like. So he, he even with if God himself did not tell him, no, not this one, stop. And then he went through, and then by the time David was only a boy, was only a boy, and so did not look anything like what God would choose. Yet that was the one. And I say this to say, just to butcher the fact that sometimes what we think is the right one because of a previous experience or because of what somebody else has told us or again, because of what um, our friends or Instagram might think. I mean, I've spoken to people who somebody, they get on well with the person, they know this is the person. I'm like, so what is the problem? They're like, oh, the guy is two years younger than me. I'm like... I'm sorry, what, what, what exactly is the problem with this situation? He's legal, he's working, everything. What is the problem? And it's like, oh, um, what will my friends say? Which friends? And why is that their business? So it's that, that um, idea that other people have given us of this is, you know, this is what we should end up with. And sometimes you, you just think, oh, I'll just, I'll just go and pick anyone. There are people that sometimes um, you know instantly and sometimes you don't. I honestly, I, I didn't know instantly. I just, I didn't know instantly because of something else I was focusing on. I was looking at, I was looking at Thor Dagger to be honest. And... <laughs> 
and it took me a while for me to even understand come on this thought that I handsome I'm not I don't really it, it wasn't like accepting the fit it was just a genuine thing of me looking at every guy that I had either been attracted to or dated and I'm like they are not all tall that can handsome so where did you get this idea that you that thought that the handsome is not tight better be coming down and follow follow this other person because this is you know and um and i'm going to be honest um some of the things that were really important to me some of which i i didn't even know how to articulate them because partly because i was afraid that people would tell me that i was being choosy and unreasonable uh are the things that this person was basically yearning to give me so you know and things that i'd been made to feel like i was unreasonable for wanting so yes there is there is definitely a right person um i mean if there can be a right university and a wrong university because every university is not created equal you can you, you know um a a law graduate from the university of oxford is not the same as a law graduate from i don't know maybe university of coventry or even university of lagos do you get but they still studied law so yeah there, there is definitely there definitely is the right person yes okay thank you very much yoma so uh, we're going to be rounding up with um this um this question um what to look out for before you get into a relationship and also before you get married what to look out for um what to look out for is what is god saying about this person and this this situation this whole thing because you know you can say love yes but you are not going to feel in love 24/7 because the human heart was not made to function like that you will have a breakdown um they are going to annoy you at some point so and you're going to annoy them at some point so saying oh that in love feeling you cannot sustain you can't sustain anything on that again there are people that might seem okay like there 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 are people that are good people and you meet a good person but somehow it's it's just not you because i've had people like that before not every guy that i dated was horrible some were good but i was like no i haven't reached home that is not it do you get the, i i i wasn't i wasn't settled in my heart as soon as i realized my husband was the one and in fact even before that i i noticed that there was a settling like in my spirit and i didn't know why in fact at the point i was very worried i was like god i hope this guy is not going to don't you for me because this one is not normal again um but it's that that um that and this is going to sound cliche that inner peace that knowing and it's not just it's not just this airy fairy thing of oh I just felt peace like tangible thing but it's also watching the person's behavior 
um, so I, I remember uh, when I first, like shortly after I got back to Nigeria, I went to my husband's office and he didn't know I was there. And I was watching him. I was watching him because I wanted to see how he treated his subordinates. Because you will be nice to me because, of course, you'll be nice to me. You're trying to get something from me. You want to marry me or you want me to discard other boyfriends you believe I have in your favor. So, of course, you will be nice to me. But I want to see how you treat people that are, that, that are um, not, not humanly speaking less, but just in terms of position. I want to see how you behave around them because for me that's very important to me it's very important to me because um when i was in the uk one of the jobs that i did was i worked as a waitress and it, it was one of the best jobs of my life i'm not gonna lie food was great and it was for um i i worked parties not restaurants i worked parties and events for some of the richest um people in oxfordshire this was like, the, I, I saw some things that I never dreamed were possible, like, you know, just huge, massive opulent displays of money. And I was so stunned that all the jobs I worked, everyone, including chefs, they were very kind and very respectful to me. And that stuck with me. So I'm like, if people who are spending money in pounds, I mean, that was the first time I saw, I don't drink, but um, I saw a Magnum bottle. So this is like a massive, massive bottle of, uh, bottles of champagne and, and white wine and really expensive. I mean, they, I'm, I'm assuming they were expensive because I don't drink anyway. But um, if, if people who are spending pounds, which Naira has nothing on, if they can treat staff with respect, then you that you're in, you have no reason to act a fool because if you behave anyhow to staff then the day you're angry with me that you say you're in love with what what are you going to do do you get so um a lot of the time people talk about um you know the, the guy having potential and, or, or the lady having potential and i'm like that is great but everybody has potential even an androba has potential but we look at the patterns what have they, they done before how have they behaved before well, some of the things that i checked um when i when uh, just before i fully made up my mind i was like because very important because fine face is not what's going to raise my children yes they might have your fine face but your character is somehow is going to rub off on them and i don't want any i just don't want certain things so um there were certain things there were certain checks that i did on my husband that he he did not he didn't know until later and i was like how does this guy act around money because if he is a thief i don't know i don't want efct i just don't have i don't have that energy i beg i don't want trouble because the next thing now everybody will because you know how nigerians behave they are going to forget that this guy was a thief before they're going to say you know that's how they are they, they drive men to do and no so i i checked that i was very pleasantly surprised that one of the reports that came back was this guy is an honest guy if you leave a pen with him you will come back and find that pen 
where you left it unless he moved it for safekeeping like that that was the that, that was a report that was coming back out of everywhere he had ever worked and so if you can treat people with kindness and and you have a brain and you are you know that's your pattern like i said people don't they don't really change you just go into a, a more solid version of yourself that and i think that's one of the reasons why why Nigerian women do not like marrying poor guys because poor guys lie. They pretend to be humble. With, a, with, with many who are wealthy, because of that wealth, if they're arrogant, they're showing it. Like, you know, they just feel like, oh, um, what are you going to do anyway? Do you get it? So it, they, they show their real character. Whereas with the poor, you don't know whether, don't know what is moving him, whether it's because he hasn't seen uh, whether it's because he hasn't seen the opportunity to do certain things it's like a man that's saying that a poor guy that's saying he's faithful to his wife how you've not seen opportunity now wait make money first let women with all 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 kinds of colors and shapes of bodies hang around you and be faithful to your wife then we'll know you're really faithful not that thing you're saying do you get so um it's really about whatever it is it's just a, whatever it is that you find yourself it's just literally about recognizing the person for who they really are not what your ego wants them to be because some ladies is like oh you know he gives me money he's a nice guy no he's not he beats you you've not even married him and he's beating you he's not a good guy please He's hitting on your best friend. He's doing, you know, there's a room in his house where nobody can enter. There are all these weird things. Somebody use your life and act Nollywood movie. Recognize people for who they are, not who, not what your emotion or your ego wants them to be. And accept them that way. That because they're not going to change. They will just, and when you, and again, with many Nigerian women, when they have married, they feel like they cannot live so you will now be stuck with a crazy person or with somebody that's like he just use you for juju or something so recognize who he is accept him for who he is so that you know whether is this the one or is this something else that was moving me maybe it is money or sex or whatever because those things have a way of clouding people's judgments and you will not you won't see um, the person clearly for who they are Wow. Thank you very much, Yoma. Very, very insightful. Thank you. Thank you very much. So um, before um, Adeni Kerr talks to us by 7 o'clock, I don't know if um, Tedita would have anything she would like to say, um, contributions to all that you've said so far. Um, hello, Tedita, can you hear me? The kind of man I had wanted to marry before I met my husband. I had a list of... Um, the guy I went out with last was tall, broad-shouldered, although his, um, his qualities did not match with mine. So I still wanted somebody who was dark, um, a little above six feet, and then um, other qualities I listed, but um, <laughs> I, I ended up marrying a very fair man. <laughs> I really didn't like handsome men, but he was very handsome too. So 
I went along with it. <laughs> I've been married now for 27 years plus. So I think um, I've gone a long way and we're still going. Um, one of the qualities, one of the qualities I, although those ones were not in my list, but which I later found out that God just added for me was each time I was in his presence, you know, unlike the other people, I could, I could share anything with him. I felt relaxed, you know, it was, I think it wasn't up to six months. It was as if I had known him all my life. Always felt um, secured. I most times I, I used to call him deep well because no matter what you share with him, he never turns it. You know, he never talks about it again except you bring it up. But he never uses it against me. It was easy to talk to him, and um, he he became my best friend, and uh, we shared interests common interest. I think that was another thing that um, bound us together. And then um, he never wanted me to prove my words. I could be anything. It was okay with him. You know, it was somebody I could share anything with. Somebody I could feel free with. Even till now. You know, at times I just need somebody to listen to me. So he can listen from now to tomorrow. He wouldn't feel as if he's tired, you know? When you have somebody give you that kind of attention, I don't think you need any other thing. Thank you. Oh my gosh, I, oh gosh. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, I can hear you. What the last speaker said, like her husband sounds like mine, that, thing of um i i think it was when i met my husband i realized i was like okay this is you are why it could not work with anybody else and that that was one and then i understood the real meaning of being naked and unashamed because it's that thing where you just like and i've said this before and it is going to sound like oh my gosh what do you get up to in your spare time but if i killed somebody my husband is the first person I would tell him. Like, actually, the only person I would call. Like, it's that, you know, that knowledge of this person will not do something bad. Like, they will protect me. And I've seen this happen where um, he does certain things and I'm like, why, why would you even do that? Like, why would you even endanger yourself like that because of me? And he's like, uh, because that is what the husband does. What's wrong with you? do that so it's that thing of and again like the last speaker just said if i tell him something i know it is safe like he will not he will not tell anybody i just know that he will not he won't and it's actually one of it's actually one of the things that made me take his name because before he got married i was like i already told him i'm like nah, i'm not taking anybody's name take me the way you see me <laughs> and, you know and um and if for anyone who's listening um i've actually got uh, two books out one is called for i will leave the details in the chat and section but one is actually called forever there for you 
um, and it's this it's a full-end novel it's a story of um, a daddy's girl from Nigeria who somehow ends up with an abusive husband in the UK um, it's available on all major retailers from Amazon to Okada Books to pretty much everywhere online that they sell books um, and there's a second one called Because Home Is, which is a collection of short stories about people finding their way home, where home is a person, a place, or a thing where you can be naked and unashamed. Again, it's on Amazon, uh, Okada Books, everywhere that you can find books. So, yeah. Okay, so thank you very much, Emma. Thank you very much, Medita. So anybody out there who is single, uh, just for you to pray that God will give you a very understanding partner and all. So um, now we're going to have to um, um, round up and then invite Adenike. So Adenike Adekule is going to be taking us on um, into the next section. Hi, Adenike. Hello, Nike. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Hi, how are you? Fine, fine, thank you. It's great to have you on the show. So, um, yeah, please tell you. us a bit about yourself before we go further into the show. Okay. Um, depends on which side of me you want to know. But um, I am a couple therapist and a relationship coach. And um, I run an organization we are transitioning presently and um, it is called the Marriage Haven. It's a therapeutic organization and, and we help couples, um, especially warring couples, to walk through their issues uh, and get them to the place of bliss. So that is what I do. I'm an author as well. And um, yeah, a, a, a wife and a mom. I'm a wife. Um, I've been married for the past um, 22 years. And um, um, I'm a mother of three. Um, three, I guess they're all adults now. They're no longer teenagers. So uh, that's all. Yeah, that's all about me. Okay. Okay, so uh, we're going to be starting your section shortly. And the first question I'll be asking you is, how can I be single and still feel complete and content with myself? Okay. I think um, the issue of completeness and contentment um, doesn't have anything to do with your marital status. I think it's, it's a human thing. Though um, the question talks about uh, singles in specific but it's a human thing um a lot of people feel discontented about their lives a lot of people are unhappy about several things and i think the origin of that uh, could be traced to um the fact that um anybody that um, is discontented about anything it usually stems from the place of comparison um, when you have something to compare, that is where um, that kind of frustration stems from. And so um, there is a likelihood that you are looking at someone and, you know, uh, imagining that um, I should have the same thing this person has 
maybe because you are age mates or classmates or something there's always something that someone has that when you compare yourself with that person makes you feel discontented with what you have right now and i think that if we want to address that um we should be can you hear me yes yes i can hear you loud and clear okay okay you. okay okay so um if we want to address that then we should be talking about um what am i comparing myself to how accurate is the yardstick with which i'm measuring myself and that person um the fact that um this person is married doesn't mean that the person is actually better than i am um in every regard i have a very funny i mean i have a very instructive um analogy that i used to um that i tell people all the time if you come to this world and god gives people things let's say god give god gives everyone um 10 things when you come to the world um and um some people get theirs in you know um sequentially say you get number one you get number two number three and number four and somebody else gets his own scattered say you get number 10 number seven number five you know does it mean that god is not gracious to everyone eventually we'll all get the same thing it's just that most of the time society has preconditioned our minds that um there is a sequence with which you get things and if you're not getting it in that order that means something is wrong with you so, so um somebody might not be married and have a good job but because your colleague has uh, or your classmate has is married but they, they may not necessarily have the kind of comforts that you have they believe that that person is doing uh better than you so i think that at the end of the day we all need to console ourselves by asking ourselves who creates the standards with which i'm you know judging and measuring myself so i think when it comes to contentment issues when we look at it from those lens we'll be able to know that at the end of the day god is gracious to everybody okay okay oh okay nika so um i would like you to um talk more about um being content with yourself as a single person enjoying your singlehood and also feeling complete and having that sense of completeness as a single person okay um when, when it comes to uh a single person being complete and content um i think there are so many things that um single singleness or singlehood creates an opportunity for you to do that when you are married you may not necessarily have those opportunities and i think that um people should become a bit more truthful and less hypocritical so that um you 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 see the truth of the stage of the journey where you are on um, a lot of married people uh, do not um, speak the truth or say the complete truth when it comes to their marital experience they paint it all rosy the media does not do a lot to discourage that as well um, a lot of people put out pictures and um you know videos of how well they are doing and how well things are for them not necessarily um talking about the the kind of issues that they have a lot of people a lot of marriages have their own issues and some of the problem that a married person might have and a single person might not have is the fact that you are free 
free to do and to grow and to develop whatever it is that you want to do. Um, I think that is a blessing of singlehood when you don't need permission, when you don't need collaboration, when you don't need, you know, um, you, to consider too many things before you make your decisions. I want to improve myself and I'm able to do it. I want to... Um, get a higher education and I'm able to do it. I want to attain this level and I'm able to do it. You are single and focused. And, you know, um, there's something about you having a focus that, you know, nothing can deter, except, of course, we begin to entertain uh, depression and, you know, um, and think a lot about the things that we don't have. But I think singleness is an opportunity for you to be able to fulfill a lot of desires and dreams that might stalk when you get married. So I think um, as a single person, instead of staying um, to grief over what you don't have, I think it's it's it will be good for you to use that opportunity to maximize yourself, to, um, yes, to generally maximize yourself, develop yourself, and see yourself do things that in the future there might be, it might be a bit impaired if you have children. And you know, speak to yourself also. I think that's also another thing. I think you should take time, create time to speak to yourself, speak positively to yourself. Um, don't always uh, be around people that put you down or keep asking you and bugging you with the details of when are you getting married. Um, some people really truly care. And that is why they ask. But also some people are vicious. They just want to embarrass you. And that is why they keep asking you, when are you getting married? But at the end of the day, I think that um, if we get ourselves into that mind space where we, um, we know that, yeah, singleness is not a disease, it's, nothing, it's just an opportunity for me to grow and groom myself, then we maximize that time in our lives. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, yeah. from all you have said, um, um, what what the message you're trying to pass out there is: people should learn to enjoy their singlehood and do a whole lot of what they can while they are still single before they get married. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you yes. very much. Thank you. So the next question is. Um, finding Mr. or Mrs. Wright, just like the previous speaker spoke about um, if there is really the right person. I would like to throw that question to you. Do you think there is a right person and how do you know the right person when the right person surfaces? Okay, um, I actually think that there are a number of right persons that you could marry. I don't think it is restricted to one person alone. <laughs> um, I am of a Christian belief, and I believe that every child of God is qualified for you to get married to. But um, amongst those children of God, uh, I think that um, at the end of the day, if you want to choose someone specifically for you now, because there's a, there's a general qualification that they all have, but there are also specific qualifications that they should have that will make them fit for you. I think that when it comes to the issue of getting the right person for you, um, for me, I think the first thing is to know yourself and to appreciate yourself. If you know where you are headed, you know who qualifies to walk on that journey with you. So if, for instance, um, a lady, you know that... Uh, 
I am this person, I have ambitions to be the president of a particular corporation. I want to float my own company or even the president of a country. And by the time you get someone that all the person wants in their wife is to eat uh, freshly made soup every evening and pounded yam, you know that that person is not for you and it must be done by you. You can't even delegate it to anybody. You, you can't delegate it to a chef. You can't delegate it to anybody. Even the pounded yam must be peaceful and mortar pounded. It must not be pounded by, you know, you can't have a machine to do it. And it expects that that is a kind of what That is what makes you a good wife. Um, obviously, you're not headed in the same direction because if you're going to be um, in the political terrain, we all know that politicians have meetings at night. We all know that... Um, there are so many engagements that will not make you that person that that person that's that your spouse will be looking for so i think that at the end of the day if we understand who we are understand what is what we want where we are headed um we'll better be able to know who qualifies to go with us and i think that um um, a lot of ladies are in that space when they are not being able to um come to terms with the fact that they have a choice come to terms with the fact that um, I'm just not waiting on the shelf for somebody that wants to come and pick me. And I have a choice in the matter. Um, especially for people that are, be, uh, you know, are beginning to advance in their years. They just feel like, well, somebody just comes, let me just you know, settle. But I think that um, when you know yourself, I think it starts from self-love, loving and accepting yourself, loving and respecting yourself, understanding your own journey. Then you know who is qualified to go with you there are there are people that are not necessarily bad in themselves but they are bad for you they are not a good you know the two of you will not make a good uh, combination and i think that at the end of the day everyone should be mindful to know that you see um this person might be right for my friend but it's not right for me and um i think we should spend more time understanding ourselves, appreciating ourselves, understanding our journey, where our journey is likely to lead us to before we decide to settle for anyone. So for me, um, I will know the one if our journeys are alike. I will know that this is the person, if the person, because um, if the person, if, if there's a meeting point between the two of us, um, um, the, I, I was listening to part of what the last speaker said. Yes, there's a lot that is involved in checking the person out. I like the fact that the person did her homework well. I like the fact that um, uh, the last speaker, according to her, she did a lot of checks. She did um, investigations. In fact, the level of investigation she did was really, really mind-blowing. But it, it shows how seriously she takes her destiny. It shows how seriously she understood where she was going to and the kind of person that she wanted. So um, the, the, you know, the investigative part of the journey is also as important as understanding who the person is, you know, and how the person fits. So I think that in knowing the one, you need to know yourself first. You need to be able to unravel yourself. You need to be able to understand yourself, understand your journey. So for me, I think it starts from self, then moves to the outward. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much, Nike. So um, talking about 
doing your background check, I think that actually helps. Just like trauma, mm-hmm. um, trauma did. It actually helps and helps you know the person, even without the person's, um, um, if, even without the person's um, being aware that you are actually running a background check on that person. So it makes you know the true self of one of of of, of that particular person and who you want to get involved with. So I think ladies should do more of that just to clear their doubts and have a better understanding of who they are going into a relationship with. So the next question I would like to ask is, um, 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 as a single person, how do you overcome the fears of being single, of not being in a relationship? Especially now that we have on social media, relationship goals, have you, his view, <laughs> and then you now yeah. see God when and all of that. So how do you overcome that um, um, feeling of, how do you overcome that feeling of shame and sadness and you not wanting to get moved or get carried away by what's going on now on social media and all of that? Okay. Um, I, I think that at the end of the day, it is not just about, we entertain fears, not only about, uh, about our relationships, whether um, we entertain fears in almost every area of our lives. And I think that um, anybody that wants to um, be able to navigate this world in such a way that you you are focused and you know what you want out of life, um, it is usually about having a strong mental discipline you need to be able to discipline yourself to know, like, th- there are so many things that are out there to distract. There are so many things. You want to work on your laptop and something is, you know, popping by the side, advertising something to you. A game is by the side. And once you click on that game, it takes you to a world that you did not even plan for. Um, so it is not only uh, with our relationships that we get... Um, that we, we are likely to get distracted. Um, there, there's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of things that put pressure on us to make the wrong decisions. And I think that, um, we, like I said, we need a lot of strong, we need, we need strong character and strong mental discipline to be able to know that this is what I want for myself and this is what I want for my life. Because eventually, if you allow people and their relationship goals, our views, our perspective, and you know, all those things get you to that place. Um, then you you discover that you begin to feel empty and lonely. And you the only thing that you want to do is just to pick someone, um, no matter how random, no matter how wrong. I know people that have entered relationships that they know that they it will break up, and they still want to do it because they just want to get that societal pressure off them. That even if we even if we divorce in the next two and a half years, it's fine. But at least people will know that I've got some married. You know, um, and I think that um that is not having the enough discipline to push away the things that are not good for us. That is one. Then secondly, sincerely, I think that um there are times that um the things that we consume on social media, the things that we consume on all our social platforms. Um, if you discover that they are beginning to get you into that place where you are 
you are uh, depressed, I think that you should check the things that you are watching. Everybody has agreed that um, the social media space is not necessarily true. People bring up people bring up things to just make them trend, not necessarily because <clears throat> that is their truth. But um, people that we hear that they are going to divorce um, next week, we didn't even have an inkling that they have they were having issues today because they were still posting smiling pictures today. So it shows that a lot of things that we consume on social media they are actually not true which means that at the end of the day, we need to vet and audit the things that we consume on social media. We need to be able to look at these things. And sincerely, that there are people that you follow, they just get you in that space where you are continuously, um, you, want to be, you want to try to be happy for them, but the rate at which they are blowing their trumpets and everything, there's a way, if it's destabilizing you, sincerely, I think you should just cut off from such influences and don't let them get you into that space where you begin to get depressed. You are the owner of your phone. You are the owner of the money that you used to buy data. Then why not just cut them away? Stop following certain people. And I think that the exposure that we have to um, people that are extremely doing well right now with the advent of social media, I can easily see Otedola's house. I can see what he's eating. I can see the kind of luxury that he has, which would have taken me donkey years to see before. Now I can see Ronaldo's room. I can see his closet. And subconsciously, we begin to tell ourselves that that is realistic. That is the goal. Forgetting that um, yeah, I, I'm, we are not. Uh, we are all not on the same financial level, and it is not. It is not lack of faith to be able to assess your situation truthfully. It is not lack of faith. It's not lack of belief in yourself. But by the time you compare yourself to the very best of the best of the best in the world, it is good for the psyche. But the thing is, it's a journey to, to get there. And I think that we should all be aware that consuming some of these things get us in a depressive mood. What you have is good enough. Sometimes what you have is good enough. And when it comes to relationship, you may not have um, you may not have a relationship today, but it doesn't mean that your life is unhappy. And relationships is not the only thing that makes for someone's happiness. Um, whether you are in a relationship or not, it's not what makes for happiness. In fact, the truth is because we are in the counseling room and we see some of the marriages and the issues that they are having, I dare to say that some people that are single are better off than some people that are married because of the complications that they have in their marriage. So, the fact that you're married doesn't make you the worst, um, doesn't make you worse than the person that is married, doesn't make you a lesser citizen, it doesn't make you, it just means that you are unmarried. And and probably you are even the only one that is doing the right thing by making ensuring that you wait for the person that you know better fits you. While other people are sometimes when every other person is getting it right and you are the only one getting it wrong, sometimes it might mean that you're the only one that is putting in the work. So just be able to, you know, being able to trust yourself and know that yeah, at the end of the day, except of course you're doing something wrong because there are some people that have terrible lists. They, they have a list of, you know, unrealistic things on their list that they are looking for, which nobody will be able to feel. But aside that, if you're not doing that, then I think that you're not the worst in the world. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for that, Nikkei. So um, talking still, still on... Um 
being single and content. Would you say um, mm-hmm. if you fail to be content, um, content with yourself and feel complete while you are single and eventually you get married, will you still feel on unsatisfied with yourself and still want more? Okay. Um, I think, okay, I guess uh, what you're trying to say is if you are happy as a single does it mean that if you're unhappy as a single person when you're married does it mean that you automatically become a happy person yes okay um, i think that um at the end of the day a lot of us um think of marriage as that place where you come and you know and things just begin to happen for you i think it is only once you impute in marriage uh, that you are able to get out of marriage i think it's uh, garbage in garbage out data in data out um whatever you put into marriage is what you get from marriage so if we have two happy people in marriage uh, they have they have a happy marriage if you have two unhappy people you have an unhappy marriage so marriage is basically about the people you need and what they have brought to the table so if you are unhappy as a single person it means that there is something in you that is empty uh, and the on you know the emptiness in you sometimes is is something that something that you should feel. You you need to be whole. You need to be well and whole in yourself before you get married. And I think that a lot of us ignore that part, thinking that somebody will come and fill us up. When even the truth is, sometimes when you even have partners that are full, because you are unable to receive love. You begin to drain them until they stop trying. A lot of people are in the habit of sabotaging happiness and sabotaging their partner's efforts in marriage. Um, And I know that um, an unhappy person, a person that is broken, let me put it that way, a lot of people are broken and have their own baggages. And if you don't deal with your baggage, the tendency is that it begins to spill into the marriage, no matter how great your partner is. If he's trying to help you, if he's trying to work on you, and you're not receiving his energy, and you're not changing, and you're not accepting the gestures that he's making, the lovely gestures that he's making towards you, it becomes tiring. No one person, no one person in marriage can make that marriage whole. It takes two to tango. And so you would need you to, marriage would require of you to give something to it so that you can be able to draw. It's like making deposit and withdrawals. Well, you need to deposit something in your marriage, deposit something in your partner that makes them look forward to wanting you and making the relationship whole. There are some, there are some relationships that are one-sided. Um, and like we deal with a lot of dysfunctional marriages and there's a lot of dysfunction in marriage here and there Um, at the beginning it's okay for one person to be giving more than the other but as marriage progresses um, there needs to be there's a need for the the dynamic to be a bit more evenly spread so that we are both contributing to the wellness and the health of our marriage. Any marriage that will or must be healthy needs two people to be contributing to it. So a a broken person with a lot of baggage that is lonely and empty would eventually spill into the marriage and make make the marriage become toxic. Yes, very, very true, Nike. I would like to say something. So I personally feel um, people need to look out for this in the dating stage and treat it as soon as possible ASAP 
do not say, oh, he's going to change. Oh, probably when we get married, things will become better. If you are in a relationship and you keep having to make excuses for your partner, you keep having to pull the both of you, carry the, the, the burdens that you two ought to share. You carry it all alone. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. Yeah. Take take the burden of two persons and keep it on your shoulder, saying, you know what, let mm. me just be the perfect girlfriend, the perfect and perfect fiance. So I get married. Marriage is the goal. Getting married is the goal, is the aim and all. And you do all of this and you now get married. You are going to be frustrated in that marriage. Because the guy is going to definitely see nothing wrong in whatsoever he was doing while you both were dating. And you get married mm. and you are a shadow of what you used to be. You are not happy. You can't even talk to anybody because definitely you would have had friends who were warning you, giving you advices, and then you probably ignored those advices. And now you are sad and you are trapped in that marriage because that was a decision you made, except probably you believe in divorce. So I think the mistake people make at first is they feel, you know what, people will change. And in regards to the question I also asked, I also feel people think that when they get married, it's going to be happily never after. In as much as um, people get married to the right person, they still have their issues. No marriage is, is perfect. They still have their issues. But then these are things you should look out for while you're dating. This, this thing about this person, now you, you rate it. Um, there are about a 90% of things I love about this person and just 10% of things I do not like about this person. Okay. This 10% of things I do not like about this person, is it something I can live with? Is it livable? Can I live with it for the next 50 years without complaining? Can I accept this person for this particular trait without having to knock to anybody or get tired about it? And if you can answer that question sincerely, then you can go ahead with the marriage. But if that 10% of things you hate in that person, you cannot keep up with it for the next five years, there's no need going into an institution that will require a lifetime with that person. And then you now start having issues and all. And again, like I was about to say, um, in regards to the question I asked, I personally feel that if you are not happy with yourself, you will not be happy in the marriage. You may be happy the first few weeks or months, and then depression sets in again. You don't even know why you're not happy. Most times, you wouldn't even know why you're not happy. You just find yourself being feeling empty and all of that. Why? Because there are certain things you ought to take care of while you are single that you failed to do so. Um, it is not totally your partner's responsibility to keep you um, um, emotionally secured. You have to be emotionally secured yourself before you engage with someone. This person cannot make you feel... If you are an insecure person, you are continuously going to have issues with your partner. So you have to work on it. You have to talk to a therapist. Deep dive into what is making you feel insecure as a single person what is making you feel sad as a single person and work on it. 
if it's something you feel like, oh, <clears throat> I ought to be doing right now that I'm not doing, start doing it so you'll be happy. Nobody, and I repeat, nobody can make you happy except yourself. Your partner cannot make you happy. Do not keep your happiness in your partner's palm or your partner's hand. As a person, you ought to be happy with yourself. If you're not happy with yourself, you keep draining your partner. You keep looking for issues where there are no issues. If you are not secure as a person, if you are insecure, you would always, always suspect your partner and you will use your hand to destroy your relationship. So I don't know if you'd have any other thing to say, um, Nike, before I go to the next question. That was just what I wanted to contribute in all that you okay. said. Well, but as regards that as well, um, I know that um, when it comes to choosing our partners, there's a lot that goes on behind the scene. There's a lot of, um, there's a science that's res- that is responsible for love that makes you um, choose someone that's, that may have a little bit of dysfunction. Um, I, I don't want to delve into all of that, but we all tend to be looking for the familiar, not necessarily because um, because they, they we need them to be nice alone. Um, a lot of us need, uh, we pick people that are a bit nice and nasty, and we, we pick the nastiness and the niceness that we are familiar with. Like I said, it's a whole new talk, which I don't want us to delve into, but um, hardly, hardly would you ever pick someone that does not have any um, disadvantage at all, hardly. And especially because we're all also a combination of strengths and weaknesses. And so there's really nobody, but like you rightly said, um, let their dysfunction, let their um, let their weakness be something that you can accommodate. There, there's a no-no, there's something that everybody cannot tolerate. Um, if it is something that you absolutely cannot tolerate, there's no, there's no point going into it. But at the end of the day, God is such a matchmaker that he match makes um, two people from the opposite opposite end of the spectrum. And the aim is that you grow and learn. You learn and grow in the process. So really picking someone that um, is slightly different from you has its own advantage. It makes you grow. It makes you learn. It makes you develop. It makes you a better person. But will we be willing to listen? Will we see the growth as an advantage? or we take the differences as, you know, those things that eventually divide us. That's something that maybe everybody can think about. Wow. Thank you. Thank you very much, Nike. So um, I would like to ask, um, still on the singlehood, how do you handle such feeling of I've been lonely for too long? And for people who are still very single, like how do they handle such feeling? Okay. So, um, Thank you very much, Nikkei. So the last question I'll be asking before we round up and leave the room open for questions is um, when do you know it's time to leave a relationship? A relationship or a marriage? When do you think is the right time? Okay. I, as a person, I believe in human dignity and I believe in um, upholding your own values and all the things that you think are the things that uphold you as a person. So for me, it is time to begin to um, consider living when you have changed for the worse, 
your values are no longer being respected. And in fact, what makes you an acceptable part of that relationship or that, you know, yeah, that relationship is that you give up your values, you give up who you are, you, um, you know, your, people begin to negotiate your value. They begin to negotiate your, you know, the very reason why you are a person. Um, for instance, um, I've seen people that because they want to be loved, they are in that space where their partner demands of them to be giving out their bodies to other people because they are broke, you know, and they have to compromise everything that makes them human. Uh, they have to become, um, you know, they have to be as your beck and call. You know, for me, I think once somebody begins to negotiate your human dig dignity, um, it's you don't even know who you are again. You don't know the values that you uphold. Then I think once you get to that place where you are confused, who am I? That if, 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 because I'm in this space, I have to be this to be, you have to be a complete opposite of who you stand for to be acceptable in that space. And I think it's time to leave. Wow. Okay. So um, most times I know, <clears throat> sorry. So I know I've had um, this conversation with someone and the person told me that it's not always advisable to tell people when to leave that a person will leave when he or she probably have gotten to he or she's um, breaking point. Yeah. Yeah, so because most times people do not um, 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 welcome the idea of telling them, you know what, you're being abused in this marriage, you're being abused in this relationship. Why don't you? Yeah, I, I, don't think, I don't think it is the responsibility of anybody to tell someone that you are being abused. In their relationship, even if you are a therapist, a counselor, you don't have that right. You, do, you are not supposed to tell someone, please leave. Um, you can help the person around the issues so that the person gets to see. In fact, it is even wrong for you to tell someone that you are being abused in this relationship. But by the time you you make someone see that these experiences that you are having. Um, when you want to, you, that is what a counselor does. That's what a couple therapist would do. That um, these experiences you are you are having, um, that you have consistently, or you know, is likened to what? You know, the person begins to see. You get the person to that place where the person can think until the person gets to that. You help them to get to their own rock bottom. That's the only thing you can do to help to guide people to that place where they can be angry with their situation by themselves. But if you don't have a right to tell anybody that you are being abused in this relationship and it's time to leave. Nobody has that right. In fact, what will usually happen is that such people feel like you don't love them and you're trying to end their relationship. But I'm just telling you that as a guide generally, yeah, once you get to that point where no people don't respect you, they don't, they don't, they don't dignify you anymore. You are nothing to them. To them, it means that something is missing somewhere. And until you get to that place where you are a dignified person again in their eyes, you might really that place is not for you. That place has become toxic for you. So, uh, but it is not by saying it that come and leave this place. No, nobody has a right to do that with anybody. Okay. Um. Thank you very much, Nike. So, um. 
the floor is open for questions. Would you like to ask any question or I don't know if Choma and um, Pedita would like to contribute to what you've said so far. Well, I would like to um, um, clarify some of the things um, you asked about uh, singles um, feeling lonely and um, thinking they are being um, left out in some areas. Actually, what happens in um, such um, instances is uh, the emptiness they feel. And uh, as the uh, last speaker uh, said something about um, uh, most times they feel that emptiness because they try to compare their situation, um, their state of being to, to the lives of other people. I think um, that's exactly right. One, um, to be successful in life, when you start putting yourself in other people's position, that's the first sign of failure. Because one, you are a different personality. You are a totally different entity. So what works for them might not be what will work for you. And probably, um, the situation they find themselves is working out for them, it might not necessarily work out for you. So it's still best to wait and then study your life and know what works best for you. So most times, uh, because if, if uh, most relationships that uh, we rush into, we also rush out. I had, um, I had an experience one of my uh, uh, client, almost, I think she's about in her late 40s. So, and something happened and um, everybody around her knew what was going on, but you have to be careful because uh, she might think uh, as the last week I said, you don't love her and you don't want her to stay in a relationship and um, giving advice so quickly and even ruin your relationship with the person. So this guy came along and um, to her, he projected uh, that he wanted to marry her and she, um, the leaving time was um, uh, far spent and then she wasn't getting any younger. She went into relationship head on, head on. And uh, it almost caused a disaster because the guy only ended up um, <laughs> Uh, uh, taking as much as he could from her, and that was end of story. So, although he later called back after a year or so to apologize, but um, if she had waited and um, listened to the uh, uh, suggestions people were making at that time, at least she would have saved herself that kind of headache. So, most times is the emptiness. And then, in quote, the societal views uh, uh, and then norms uh, uh, people have. Uh, she's so old, she's not married, she's, this it could be her behavior, it could be that, you know, people keep giving all manner of reasons aside what that person is even going through. So um, one has to take out time, know what exactly you want, because even as I say, 65% uh, of women who are looking 
to go into marriage do not exactly know what they want. Most are just rushing it into it for financial uh, stability. But if you know that you are financially okay, you, you know what you want out of life, you wait for the right man to come your way. Because it's, it's, uh, it's, it's better you get what you want than getting into it and regretting and then rushing out again. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much, Padita. So, um, Choma, would you like to go? Sorry. I, I would also add that, um, it just like the previous speakers have said, one of the worst, but one of the easiest ways to end up in the wrong relationship or marriage is to compare yourself to whatever you think you see on Instagram. I didn't say what you see on Instagram. I'm saying what you think you see because nobody posts everything. Um, I mean, if I'm having a quarrel with my husband, you don't expect what, as in today, you're not going to see it on Instagram. But then again, our pictures are not even on Instagram. And that's another thing. People, I don't know what it is with this generation. I just, I don't understand because I am very sure that people were marrying before Instagram came along. So I don't know what this thing is about. Oh my God, if I don't post it to be like, so if you're not flaunting, it means in, in, their, in your mind that it will mean to others that you don't have it to flaunt and that is, why you're not flaunting even if they think that uh -huh, like how is that your business so if, like if it's it's not your mind they are using to think it it's really not your business and another another thing to um consider is people are there i've met some pretty horrible people in this world people cannot destroy what they don't know about and and, you know, some people who are Christians will be like, hey, God protect me. This. And I'm like, look, certain things you actually need to be sensible. Because if Joseph could run in the middle of the night, Joseph, husband of Mary, ran in the middle of the night, then why are you, why are you beating your enemies? Like, what exactly are you gaining? Is your life so empty? Do you feel so devoid of self-esteem that you need to beat somebody in order to feel better about yourself do you get and some things that um, have been passed down for for generations because for me I like to be very pragmatic and I've always said I mean this is like for years I always said when I get I always said when I get married it's going to be very small and a lot of people will not know and at the end of the day, that's actually what happened. Because people were like, how, how would that happen? Because again, before I got married, I had made a bit of a name for myself. So people were like, oh my God, that's going to... As in, it was people who found out till today, they are in shock. Because I didn't, no picture appeared on social media. I did not change my name on social media. I still haven't. Um, so... I was kind of like, are they the people that we, 
is social media the people that we collaborate right are they the judge that we that i have to sign anything in front of so what exactly is their knowledge and their shouting relationship goals what exactly is that adding to my life don't come and stress me over you know and then i've come and now incur debt over things that don't even make sense again i've always said i mean i don't i'm not saying it's a sin or a crime or whatever but i have never seen the rationale for ashrebi i do not un- i really do not understand why i have to have a white gown i i just that i'm only going to wear once it bas- i have not I don't know what it is. I have not seen a, what they call a wedding dress, like a white wedding. I have not seen one that I liked ever. I think they all look the same and they're all overpriced. I am not a flowers person. I do not understand that. Um, right from when I was a child, I did not like covering my hair. I don't know why. So that thing of veil and it is not me. Certain things are just not necessary. And if you put so much stock in what you Think you see on social media <laughs> you just run into debt you end up with the wrong person and you'll be fighting each other every day because they've been they've been um i don't know what they call them like social media influencers and all that i have had weddings that are so over the top and expensive and people will be like oh god when i tap into it and as you're tapping into it they are separating and they've divorced do you understand? So what are you tapping into? You don't know these people, though. So, <laughs> so it's like, please don't tap into what you don't know. Just face yourself and understand your own assignment and leave them alone. Okay. Um, thank you very much, Yoma. So um, thank you very much, everybody. We've come to the end of the show. So um, Nike, would you like to say, um, like, would you like to give... Um, do you have anything you'd like to say to the audience before we close for today? Really nothing. There's nothing that wants to be said that has not been said already. So just to also just appreciate the previous speakers and just say well done to everybody. Okay. Thank you very much. So um, thank you for your time. I do not know if Kenetriku or Gotriku has questions they would like to ask. If they do, they could just probably ask before we round up. It's already after eight. Okay, yeah. Um, good evening, everyone. Thanks. Thanks. It's just uh, really, it's, it's been very interesting. Um, with everybody five, I think, and so far it's been engaging. So really, I I would just say that I took notes and um, I, I I really enjoyed. Uh, by I think four hours, four hours spent. It's widely spent. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much, Uzo. So um. We've come to the end of today's show and it was really wonderful having all of you here. I really appreciate your time and I really appreciate your... Thank you very much for listening and please feel free to send us um, your voice message. You can click on the plus button below. Feel free to send us your voice message or you can send an email to oyegoesosa at gmail.com So oyegoesosa is O-Y-E-G-U-E-A-S-E-O-S-A one word at gmail.com. Thank you very much.